to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. I'm Zach, who's going second now, and we'll totally fuck this up for the rest of time. And I'm Zar. These are facts. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm excited today. Why are you excited, Zach? I heard you made out like a bandit today. Okay, I, I now see why people are kind of mad about Nintendo. Because, like, I'm sitting here, and there's just a sale every other month, and I'm getting games for a fucking steal. Okay. So I didn't have a PS4, I didn't have a PS3, didn't have an Xbox One, like I'm sure most of you didn't. I had a Wii U, and so I was sad. So now I'm catching up on a lot of games, and by that I mean my backlog's getting fat, boys. It's getting fat. Oh yeah. So I got Cyberpunk 2077, it was on clearance at Best Buy for $10. Oof. Which, I don't know how to feel about that as far as the game is, all I know is there's a big fat update. So even though like it sounds like they didn't do as well as it, they wanted to, uh, the game's up to date, and the fact that I got it for $10 feels like I just stole something. Um, and then I got Witcher 3 for $10, because I know there's going to be a next-gen update for that. And okay, uh, then I got Shadow of the Colossus for like $7.50. That's a good deal. Shadow of the Colossus was a lot of fun. And then I got Ghost of Tsushima for $30, which is good, because then I had to buy the Director's Cut Upgrade Edition for $30 more. So it's like I bought it. Normally, yeah. So, yeah. So essentially, <laughs> well, no, ten dollars. Well, actually, off. Oh, no, you're gonna say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, that's still a ten dollars sale then to get the director's cut. So you did, you did good, Zach. Nice work. Yeah, man. Thanks. That's a whole lot of PlayStation. Yeah. And so that, and then I, I renewed my Game Pass, so I'm basically selling Xbox for a long time. So, woo, game on, boys. That's pretty impressive, Zach, but I picked up a game the other day that's going to blow all of that out of the water. Are you ready for this? Please say hello, Kitty. No, no, no. I bought that a month ago. Oh, good. A couple days ago. So uh, I have a buddy in Denver who doesn't play any video games, but he bought his wife a Nintendo Switch and was like, dude, you got to play this game with me. We're going to have a good time. And that's why I bought the elusive, amazing SnowRunner. How's a snow runner? Woo! It's literally a game where you drive a truck through the snow and you're like off-road trucking. Huh. It's not something I would usually buy or recommend other people to buy. Mm. <laughs> but mm. JP. <laughs> yes, Zach. How much was Snow Runner? Why uh why do you need to know that? I've just been asking you to play Godfall and it's been on sale a few <laughs> times and <laughs> Who is um, this friend, and how come they're more important than I am? What is the multiplayer in SnowRunner even like? These are all questions I would love to answer. Um, <laughs> and so I will. 
Um, Zach, nobody is more important than you. I love you. But there's a ton of different games I can play with you, and all this particular friend wants to play is SnowRunner. He's weird. Is he okay? And is he okay? No. Are any of us okay right now? That's fair. All right. Yeah. And Zar, yes, there is multiplayer capabilities. I think, like... <laughs> one of you drives the truck and the other one like directs traffic or calls on the ham radio. I don't know, man. This game is weird. Riveting. <laughs> I'll get back to you with the review next week. We gotta get into the <laughs> well, news. No, no, we got here is Zar. What fat deals have you gotten lately? Um. Oh, I got ukulele for free with Xbox Gold. Hell yeah! Can't wait to play that. It's it's like a modern banjo kazooie. That's how the Kickstarter started. Oh, called ukulele. <laughs> yeah, ukulele. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's a chameleon and a bat. That's pretty good. I like that. All right, Czar, uh, would you like to do itinerary today? I can sure do that. So today on the podcast, uh, we are talking about Halo and whether or not you have to play through Halo One. To infinity to understand Halo Infinite. We got Quake, a Pokemon Direct, Quick Takes, and some game releases. That sounds like a fantastic episode, and I think you are taking this first article. I I guess I am. It is coming to us uh, from www.polygon.com, written by Charlie Hall. So thank you, Charlie. And what you see is kind of what you get here. Halo Infinite to launch with no campaign co-op and no Forge mode. No! What the fuck? Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, you know, considering that we were originally promised this game last year, got delayed till late this year, and now it's not even launching with co-op and a Forge mode, which... Most Halo games have had both since, like, Halo 3, so, mainly with the Forge. So tell Zach and I and our audience more about Forge mode, because I don't know if I'm familiar. The co-op campaign, that's half the reason why Halo's fun, so that's weird. But what's Forge mode? Forge mode is basically just a giant build mode from Fortnite. But, but Halo did it first. Okay. And so, yeah, you just... You take the existing maps that have been released for the multiplayer games and you can add guns, you can add barricades, you can add giant soccer balls, vehicles. You just you set up a map how you want to and then you can actually play like multiplayer games on those maps. So like Gary's mod style. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's a that's a good way of of looking at it. If if you know, OK, you know, PC stuff. Sure. So how are you feeling right now as our residential Halo fans are? Obviously, this news is coming after we just got that developmental update last month, which was giving us some hope about how the game looks. And now we're getting another piece of news that brings us back. How do you feel about that? Honestly, um, we've said it on this podcast before, and I'm going to say it again. I kind of don't care about Halo anymore. I haven't really cared since Reach. Uh, the new trilogy has been pretty cool with the story that it has, but it's it's just moving more towards that 
multiplayer trend. It wants to be COD and Fortnite and any other battle royale. So for them to put off, you know, having fun with your your buddies in the campaign and, you know, making your own maps, it just kind of makes me turn away even further from Halo because it means that, well, they put a shitload into the story first and foremost. But right. a lot of their focus is probably going to be on the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I just don't care. A um, little bit more into this article, though. 343 Industries said Friday that campaign co-op in the multiplayer map editing Forge mode won't be available when the game arrives. Forge in particular will lag behind about six months six months oh my god i didn't think it was gonna be that long yeah and you know later on in the article they they talk about how the covid shutdown really delayed a lot of work on halo Mm -hmm. but how long has this game been in the works because i mean just before we even saw anything it was under development for a long time before that i don't know what's in the in the you know background of 343 and xbox alike but we were pretty much promised that this game was already mostly done last year so why are all of these other you know features that have been included on vanilla launch day one now suddenly behind the rest of the project why do they keep coming out with these delayed you know announcements you know the delayed announcements about delaying the game again so i just to me want to go ahead and say i think you're being a little pessimistic czar Um, a little bit yeah this game is free (laughs) yeah that's our job this (laughs) game is free with game pass we've we've known that since it was announced Almost everyone who has an Xbox has Game Pass. If you don't, why do you have an Xbox? Um, so you're not paying for this game. I mean, like, yeah, Game Pass is a $15 monthly thing, but you're not paying a $60 thing to get started. They also announced you don't even need Game Pass to play on the multiplayer, even though I'm sure there's probably some kind of Xbox Live requirement. But we'll get into the tit for tat with that later. Um, so while I'm understanding that some of these things kind of suck like forge is not required it i mean like it's just kind of extra bang to the back you're gonna have a brand Mm. new game with a great story i assume at least a well thought out story Um, (laughs) and you're gonna have a new season you you're gonna play a bunch of halo new halo maps new halo uh i don't know if there's like new game modes i'm pretty sure i was reading there are game new game modes right zar Mm, maybe a couple um i haven't really looked too much into the multiplayer okay so that's me pulling that out of my ass <laughs> i guess that's a bad assumption um i don't know i just think like season three when you get that forge that's about a good time you know like when people start getting bored of what they already have they can start creating their own things like i think that's almost a perfect inclusion um and then this co-op feature like who's gonna play co-op story mode together like don't get me wrong i'm sure there's a few people and i'm sure it's a good feature but i'd rather have a more streamlined bug-free game if there was a choice that an executive person had to make and said okay like 
We want this game to launch here because people who have an Xbox series, they want that flagship game. And then last year they were like, okay, they literally shit on our art style. Our grunts look like crap. So we had to start, stop, refine our assets to our free game that we're already giving people mostly. Um, and they did that. And so, I guess where I'm getting at is I think they've done a lot for the product that they're making. They said they want this game to last over 10 years, um, which mm. I think is lofty expectations, but I like a high bar. <laughs> I love that about it. You know what I mean? Like, especially when like, it's like Fortnite, we don't have to pay for it. Like, yeah, you're going to buy a battle pass. You might have to buy a skin here or there or have to, I say in quotes, because we know skins equal wins, but you don't have to do it. Yes, sir. Skins equals um, wins. I, I don't know. I think this is just good knowledge to have. And I don't think people should be throwing a fit about it. If you were paying 60 bucks at launch and you had to pay for these features later, like an EA move. Yeah, I'd be upset. Mm -hmm. Since this game's already quote unquote free and it's going to be a great game. And it's just a fun game to play online multiplayer with your friends. You're going to, I don't know. I don't see right. that co-op being as big a deal. And I don't see that forge being as big a deal. Um, and those are my two reasons why. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. Clearly. There have been so many hurdles for 343 to, you know, go over just to get this project out And there. we didn't even say COVID right. once. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, mentioned it briefly at the beginning, oh, okay. right. but I'm just I'm really I'm really confused. How how much more is there to add with a co-op campaign? Because I mean, most I don't remember if Halo 5 did it differently, but every other Halo was just basically like there were two Master Chiefs. Right. But they weren't independent bodies, if that makes sense. There weren't uh, quests geared around to two people. It was still just like there was one person but two guns on the field. So everybody here is making great points. Uh, Zar, I loved what you said. And then Zach, you actually blew me out of the water and really changed the way I thought about this whole situation because you are absolutely correct. I'm thinking of this more from the Hold big. On, can you say that again? I need that. Uh, that felt really good. Zach. You just had to Zach, do it, JP. you were right. Well, no, see, my, you, I, you know, you know, I'm married. I need these. Thanks for the victory. I appreciate it. Yeah, you keep yeah. going. <laughs> hey, I'm married too. Where's my victories? None for Zar. <laughs> I told you I liked your hat at some point in your life, maybe. And you won a game twice. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's correct. I'm trying to look at this more from the big picture perspective of, okay, PlayStation has been killing it with their games. And even though not all of them are a smash hit like they want them to be, they're being consistent about releasing these games that they initially hyped us up for when the PlayStation 5 was announced. Xbox's only real thing to show off was Halo and they keep dropping the ball not necessarily at the fault of their own right because obviously COVID obviously the studio is doing what they can and yeah but we've said it time and time before we don't exactly. want to ever rush or crunch developers exactly that's not what this that, is about right but that does not diminish from the fact that you know we may have gotten that great Xbox performance at E3, but we still haven't seen many titles that is supposed to entice you to upgrade to the next console yet for them. And given but we know they're all going to Game Pass. Yes. But again, you're both making great points, especially Zach. You actually really turned away the way I was feeling on that whole situation, Zach. Nice work. All right, right for me. Gold star, buddy. You know, I have a thing on your PlayStation exclusives, too. And uh, but I'll save that for a different a different time. 
<laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I will say we are early in a console generation, and other, and in my opinion, other than Ratchet and Clank, I think this whole like PlayStation's killing a thing is kind of silly uh, because Xbox, by the time the year's over, will have. I guess you're right. Hold on. Probably Halo. I'm knocking on a piece of wood, but not to dismay Zar with editing. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, Psychonauts 2. Uh, what was the other game that's coming out like in October? Is Forza coming out this year? Yeah. I think it is. Um, yeah. I, Forza, Psychonauts 2, yeah. and Halo will be out by the end of the year. And then PlayStation has Returnal and Ratchet and Clank. And I think both consoles are doing absolutely fabulous. I'm just I'm gonna say that right you now. You are correct. I think people are really overhyping this whole like early lead that Sony has. Because Sony, honestly, from every single console generation, saves their bangers for like the middle of the console generation slash the end of the console generation. Um, and Xbox is currently developing bangers slash buying bangers. So I think we just need to relax and just play the games, man. Just play the games. Zach, you are on a fucking roll today. Thank you. Thank you. Can we talk about Quake now? With that? <laughs> yes. Um, yes, we can. Did you want to take this one? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'll be honest. This is just a YouTube video from QuakeCon. Quake is back. And I heard rumors about this. And this was like the worst kept secret in gaming for the two weeks that it got leaked. <laughs> um, but I watched this trailer. And first off, this game is a beautiful N64 remaster. Like That's how you just imagine the graphics. Like This is not a 4K HD gorgeous remake. But it is what it's supposed to be like. Quake is a cult classic. It's the reason that we have the style of shooters that we do now. Like it just helped pave the way for shooters. Um, and so to honor that, I feel like Bethesda and all them cool peeps made a love letter to the Quake title. So they released a trailer, um, which we should retweet or will retweet soon. You're darn right, we will. Um, there's crossplay. It will include all previous expansions that came with the Quake series. Or, sorry, Quake 1, because there's like four of them. Um, mm -hmm. You can play the full campaign, including the new expansion packs, and enjoy online multiplayer and co-op. I was like, okay, this sounds pretty good. It's coming to Switch, PS4, Xbox Series, and One. And then they said there will be a free next-gen upgrade soon, which I think is kind of hilarious because, I mean, like, these are some... Gold ass looking Nintendo 64 textures. Don't get me wrong. Like this, it looks smooth. It doesn't look bad, but I'm also like, why? How do you next shit upgrade this? But I'm okay with being impressed if, the, if it is impressive. You are not wrong at all. It's really weird watching this trailer with like the same textures as the N64, upped a little bit for sure, but the same textures, but everything's at like 30 FPS. It just, it's strange, isn't it? I love it. It looks fabulous. I do too. I just want to go over this because I was watching it and I was like, how much is this going to be? Hit us up on the Game Tea podcast if you want to play because it's $10 on Steam right now. $10. I think it's going to be $10 on every other console. I haven't checked. I'm sure the Switch might be $20 because Switch tax, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I thought this was going to be like 30 bucks, 40 bucks. No, it's $10, guys. Wow. They really just wanted everyone to come and play Quake to honor its was a 15 year anniversary. So I thought this was made for. Am I wrong? That's a good question. Let me uh, fact check her. The fact checker. The series is composed of the game from 1996. 
Okay, that's just about as old as us. That's that's a little older than 15. Wait, how old am I? 25 years? Holy shit. <laughs> Zach, you're 26. No, I know, but that's the game, JP, all right? So I, subtract, I subtracted one. <laughs> okay, bit. yeah, I was like, <laughs> no, buddy. Oh, honey. Uh, and so, yeah, JP, Czar, thoughts? I never really got super into Quake, but... I do love what it represents for the first person shooter gaming as a whole. And I'm probably going to pick this up, especially since it's 10 bucks. That is a really good price. Yeah, no kidding. I feel like I'm stealing from these guys for like such a cool looking experience for $10. It's a, it'd be a shame not to buy this. It looks like it's genuinely going to be super fun. And so that's really all we have for Quake. Um, and that kind of brings me into the next thing that I am so passionate and excited to talk about. But I'll let JP kind of start us off. JP, what's going on in the world of the next article? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So we gave a brief little talk about how we'd be discussing this um, a couple episodes ago. We had that Pokemon Presents presentation that came out on August 18th, which at the time of recording will have only been a few days ago, at the time of release about a week ago. And first of all, the presentation itself was beautiful. I love the way, like, even just like the presentation with these fun Japanese guys and like all the Pokemon plushies in the back with an OG copy of Diamond and Pearl got me really excited. But yeah, I thought the whole presentation was fantastic, actually. Um, We're going to get into it detail by detail with our friend Zach here. So Zach, thank you for letting me do the introduction, because I know you by far want the bulk of this guy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This is just Zach's episode right here. (laughs) Zach is killing it. JP, why do we even show up today? That's a good question. (laughs) Because I'm out of vacation time, Zar. You're damn right you are. (laughs) Get back in your basement, both of you. Yes, sir. (laughs) Okay, so um, I'll start out with the first thing I talked about, which is the game that I am like addicted to right now, which it's kind of embarrassing, which is Pokemon Unite. It's coming to mobile September 21st or 22nd. Um, and they just said there's a pre-registration event to sign up and I already signed up for it on mobile just so I can get the cute little Pikachu skin because I'm addicted. Damn. And it's free. <laughs> Skins equal wins. Skins equals wins. How many times have we got to say it? I absolutely love this game. It, it's like the perfect little MOBA without playing a MOBA because they're so short that you can't get as angry when you're playing a normal MOBA. And so if you're having a bad game, you're just in and out and you're done. It also helps that I'm almost master rank, so I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> um, I beat 10-year-olds like no one's business, all right? Yeah, fuck those 10-year-olds. Shout out, Ash Kesham. <laughs> and so they announced two new Pokemon, which are uh, Mamoswine is coming, which I thought was a really unique pick. So I'm like, Mamoswine? Hell yeah. And then Sylv- Sylveon. I almost said Savali, which is a totally different Pokemon. Sylveon, which is Correct. Eevee's fairy evolution. Um, and so that's pretty cool. Much to my dismay, because Blastoise is like done and he's just sitting on the sideline looking at Venusaur and Charizard like, let me in. Let me in. <laughs> let me in. <laughs> and so that's all the Pokemon Unite news. Um, I'm going to skip what about- over the Pokemon Cafe news that that's cool with you guys. But Pokemon Cafe is so cute. If you but like, how am I gonna get my coffee? <laughs> if you like puzzles and Pokemon, that's for you. Yeah. 
that's all I got for that one. That's JP, all I want, wanted. <laughs> do you want to talk about the next two or one, two game sequel, whatever the fuck we want to call this thing? All right. So honestly, I don't remember too much from the event. Hold on. I got you. I can get it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I was gonna say, Zach, you do. You just take the most of this. Guy. Okay. All right. I still want to like. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I've been talking a lot. Okay. <clears throat> Hold on. It's Zach's episode. All right. <laughs> Zach gets his own. Episode. Take a sip of my coffee. I need to think of a sound effect for like Zach's episode, like Butters episode. <laughs> Butters very own episode. God damn it! <laughs> just call me Butters, which I guess is fine. There's worse characters to be. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying I need a sound effect like Butters sound effect. All right, guys, here we go. Do you want to be token? Uh, I don't think I can be token, but token's pretty sweet. <laughs> 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 All right, Zach, so did we get some news about Gen 4 in this bad boy? Yeah, so Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, which I finally think I got right, which is perfect because it came out in three months, so it just took me a little bit. Uh, come back to Gen 4 in a nice chibi art style. I think the game looks really good. The chibi art style has kind of grown on me. It is? Um, yeah, they did like a side-by-side -side comparison of like Link's Awakening and the, the remake on the uh, DS, or sorry, the remake on the Switch. Um, yeah. And I was like, you know, it is kind of like the same-ish art style and it looks really good. Um, they also included a bunch of features, uh, or I guess I shouldn't say, they didn't cut any features from my understanding. Um, so I think that's what I'm excited about. There's still the union room. There's still underground basements. I hope there's still a GTS and an easy way to battle people without having to go through some stupid code system where everyone just types in 111 to do a random battle because Pokemon's stupid. Or sorry, the Pokemon <laughs> company is stupid. Or Game Freak is stupid. I don't, I don't know which who's responsible for these choices about the All online series, but they're stupid. Who's responsible for this? <laughs> All of you line up uh -huh. right now, and I'm going to tell you how stupid each and every one of you are. <laughs> Can I tell you guys about a feature I'm really excited they brought back? And nobody cares about this but I know me, exactly but I love it. exactly what you're going to say, because when I saw it, I'm like, that's going to make JP smile. Is it the stickers <laughs> on the Pokeball? Oh, no, it's not that. I thought, because I remember you, like, specifically, like, you were, like, the guy who liked to go to the underground and, like, undig yeah, fossils yeah, and stuff. Yes, yes, the underground, too. I love the underground. But you are right, Zach, you know me very well. But no, the stickers on the Pokeball that like create a different animation when you put like take a Pokemon out. I loved that feature and was very upset when it was taken away. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you are right. The, I like I, I don't like that stuff, but I understand the people who do like that stuff. So like, I think I'm glad it's there. I like how there's Pokemon that follow you again. Like that's neat. I'm glad that they put in the effort to do that. Um. I'm curious to see how the Pokédex works out because obviously I think they're going to wait to tell us until the game comes out. Oh, hey, every Pokémon's in it or every Pokémon isn't in it. Yeah, um, right. Which is maybe misleading marketing, but also they're just trying to save face at this point, I, I would imagine. Let's see. Um, so we talked about the Underground. The Underground has been kind of revamped, though, along with like doing everything you could on the DS thing. You can put statues around to make it to like... I don't know how it works because I looked on the website and there's just like this giant underground. It all looks connected, but apparently it has something to do with the statues you collect. Um, uh -huh. Chez was on here. He's a pretty big hater of this. He goes, uh, it makes it feel annoying. And then Jess uh, said that the decorating Pokeballs was never fun or interesting. 
just like the Pokemon fashion shows, which leads me to our next point. Um, I'm glad the Pokemon fashion shows come back again. I I feel for the Pokemon series sometimes because it's like they've done so many things that people love and it's so broad. It's hard to right. pick what you want to narrow in on and focus on. I'm a super big nerd and I love that competitive aspect. I like the Pokemon battling and I like the min-maxing your Pokemon and all that stuff. And so like, that's what I want to focus on. But there's a lot of people who just like the fashion shows and they did an update for it. And the fashion shows look like almost little mini games. Like think Pokemon Stadium 64. Yeah. And I thought they, I thought it honestly looked fun. Like I might try it once or twice and see if it's for me. Probably don't, won't be because it's a fashion show, but we'll see. But at least <laughs> you're going to try it. Right. Um, Let's try it. And so I get why like, some of the internet's kind of hating on it, but I also think, like, it's fine, too. It's fine. So, all right, there's two more questions I wanted to ask for uh, this portion of the uh, Pokemon Presents. So, Zach, I don't know if I've ever gotten your take on this. How do you feel about Team Galactic? You too, Zar. Like, how did you feel about them as kind of your enemy team in this uh, version of Pokemon? Did you like them? All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my two cents in here real quick because it's not going to take long. Um, somehow in my childhood, I hit a very dark void where I didn't play Pokemon Gen 4 until X and Y. Dude. So I've never actually played Diamond or Pearl. Oh, Jesus, man. You're missing out. I love Gen 4. The like story, I said, it was a, a dark childhood laggy. void. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I did. And I'm curious what you think, JP. I think they are the best. Hmm. They're tied with me for the best evil team, which isn't saying a lot if you think about it. Um, it's not. But like, <laughs> you're right. What was it? Team Rocket is. I think Team Rocket's fine. I'm sick of them though. Like between Gen One, Gen Two, and then Rainbow Rocket or whatever happened in Sun and Moon. Um, I I don't know. I'm just kind of sick of Team Rocket. They brought Giovanni back from the dead. <laughs> team Three or Gen Gen Three had. Aqua and Magma, which were fine. They weren't bad, but like... They at least had realistic goals, and they actually they weren't know? evil. They were just environmentalists. Yeah, yeah. did they? I want to flood the earth. I want to get rid of all the water. Either way, you're pretty stupid. Um, in my, yeah, I yeah, guess in my opinion. They had a clear-cut goal. They knew what they were achieving. Every other team is just like, we're just going to, you know, cause trouble and be riffraff well, around I'm glad town. you say that, because <laughs> Team Galactic, I think has the again i'm stuck with gen 5 because gen 5 had such a good story as far as pokemon oh gen goes. 5 was so good but pokemon galactic or team galactic is very close to me i don't even know what they're called so i think i feel like it has to, it has to be team galactic what's the other one called in gen 5 team what are they called Five bad guys pokemon fact checker again Team Plasma. Team Plasma. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Bulbapedia. At least that's where I found mine. Is that where you found it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I I would say Team Plasma and Team Galactic are very close to... And that I loved um, Team 4 because they were just like, we want to restart the world because the world sucks. Um and <laughs> you're like true true, true. especially with how the, <laughs> the current state of everything is uh no i'm just playing um but <laughs> yeah I, I thought they were really evil and they tried to 
they try and blow up a town. Spoilers, it's an old game though, so sorry about that. Uh, they try and blow up a town. <laughs> they try and just restart the whole world through the legendary Pokemon. So I think Team Galactus has got a very strong force and at least it makes sense because he's like, everyone's kind of evil, even though we're the evilest. Um, so we're going to fix it. Yada yada. And I realized yeah, I butchered yeah. that and made it very quick, but I also know I've been talking a while. <laughs> so JP, what about what are your thoughts before we go on to the next part of the Pokemon Direct? Um, you pretty much you concreted exactly how I feel. Um, I actually think Team Plasma is better than Team Galactic. Like for me, it's not a competition. It's like Gen 5 was the best story-wise in almost every way. Um, and that includes their enemy team. But Team Galactic was pretty darn good too. I'm not as sick as Team Rocket as you are. Um, team Aqua and Magma, yeah, their plan didn't make fucking sense at all. Um, <laughs> come on. But I'll tell you what. I was already super excited for this Gen 4 remake. They're bringing back everything I loved. They're bringing, and they're making it better. And then well, just when I thought- it's your favorite gen, right? It is my favorite gen, yes. Yeah. I, and it's, re it's mainly because like the story drags a little bit, but I feel like it's pretty darn good. Team Galactic is great, um, but mostly I feel like Gen 4 Pokemon designs peaked, man. I think Gen 4 has some of the best Pokemon designs. See, I'm I love them. Very jaded towards that because of what they did to my boy Rhyhorn and Rhydon. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. Rhyperior is ugly. God, look <laughs> what they did to my boy. <laughs> he could have been so cool. I want to insert some some random remark right here. I think it's really funny how you guys keep talking about, like, the story of these Pokemon games, you know, the the turn based strategy. I have never in my childhood played these games for story. I always saw it as catch as many Pokemon as you could and get all the badges. Everything else was a formality and skippable dialogue. Oh, that's still the goal. <laughs> but I mean, but no. So but I just least, think it's it's really cool to see it from a different perspective. But at least like they tried a little bit more with Gen 4 and Gen 5, you know, like especially in Sword and Shield, they got so lazy with Team Yell. Oh, and yeah, that was, that was pretty awful. <laughs> yeah, I know. And the story in Sword and Shield overall, I don't think was that bad. It wasn't great. It wasn't horrible. But I mean, just a good story more than anything just exuberates the rest of the game and it makes in my opinion makes catching the pokemon and collecting the badges the real goal of the game more worth it yeah just my that's opinion. fair yeah yeah, yeah that makes yeah. a lot of sense all right we're about done talking about uh the gen 4 remakes but just when we thought they were done they let out one more big piece of news they are doing dedicated nintendo switch lights the Palkia and Dialga edition coming out on November 5th. And I think it's pretty slick. Uh, they did the same kind of thing with the uh, Sword and Shield release back when those came out. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the design, to be honest. It's de it's more on like kind of that gray, like the switch is gray. Um, the buttons are like a darker gray and on the back you've got a gold Palkia and like this silver Dialga. It's basic, but at the same time sleek. I don't know if I'm a huge fan. What do you guys think? Well, it's a callback to the original 2006 DS one. And so I thought that was pretty neat. Um, I just hate the fact that it's a Switch Lite again. Um, just like you said, they did the same thing with Sword and Shield. 
And I mean, there's an OLED switch they could have done that for. So I'm not going to be you getting it. You are 100% right. Just because I really don't think my wife will love me anymore if I buy another fucking switch. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my thoughts. What about you, uh, Mr. Czar? Dr. Mr. Czar? Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was cool. Um, if I were ever in the market for a switch and that ever were now, yeah, I'd go with it. That's fair. She's pretty. <laughs> all right. So let's get into what we all were really looking forward to in this Pokemon present, which was Pokemon Arceus news. Or what is it? Like something Arceus, Destination Arceus? Help me so I don't sound stupid. Legend of Ar- Ar- Arceus? Arceus? I call it Arceus. I've, I've, I've heard it both ways. It's fine. We're fine. It's Legends Arceus. Just Okay. So let's get into the last piece of this Pokemon Presents that really got everybody talking, which was the... God, I already forgot it again. Pokemon Legends Arceus. <laughs> Legends Pokemon Arceus, Pokemon Legends... Yeah. I've ooh, heard some people ooh. say Arceus. I've heard some people say Arceus. I'm not 100% sure. Can I tell a short story real quick? No. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife approaches me yesterday... And she's like, do you know about this new game that's coming out? This new Pokemon game? It's like open world and everything. I'm like, yeah, where have you heard from it? And apparently one of her co-workers told her and that got her super interested in it. And I've been talking about it for fucking months. And she's now just like, oh, yeah, that is a really cool game. (laughs) (laughs) It just goes to show that when you talk to her, it just goes what in one ear and what the out the other, you know? So we actually got quite a bit more out of this trailer than we thought we were going to. Zach, what are some of the bigger details that you got out of this trailer that you think we just need to absolutely discuss right now? I was in the camp. This game wasn't going to come out. I thought we were going to get a delay any minute now. Um, And so the fact that they're still going to launch this January 28th is impressive. And then the fact that Every Pokemon was moving at a consistent frame rate. Mm, just yeah. kiss. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sit, what a wonder six months can do, apparently. Yeah, I don't... I don't... Part of me knows they're still hiding some things, which is great. Uh, but let's just talk about some of the finer points. Um, you're in the Hisui region. I'm sure I... Hisui? Hisui? I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, so please go ahead and correct me. Um, mm-hmm. But you're in this region, which is basically... X amount of years in the past from the Sinnoh games and you are just like Zar kind of alluded to it's basically an open world Pokemon game and so you're going around exploring the region with Mount Coronet kind of at the center and there's, it still seems like some of the stuff is being gated off like you're going to start in this region go the next and so and so not region but section of the map is what I should say and I just thought it looked really good and it looked really cool with how like the Pokemon were moving in the world. And I'm excited to just, I really just want to get my hands on this game to see before I get my hypes, my hopes up because Sword and Shield kind of uh, really left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, even though I do still think there was a good game. I just think they dropped the ball on it. Um, and so what, what do I think looks good is, well, the ride Pokemon from Gen 7 are back. There's a new version of Stantler called Wormder, Weirndeer, something like that. And it's Verndur. And it looks really cool. It's pretty much like your rideable Tauros. 
And then there's a new version of Braviary where you can fly around just like. Ooh, that's cool. You, you're literally just flying on a Pokemon and like you have this little. God, what's the thing where you like fly with your little parachute in the air? And it's like you go up and down. Para, like a parasail. Parasail, thanks. Oh my Paraglider. God. Paragliding parasail. Either, either yeah. way. And so you can fly through the map. I just thought that was super neat. And then the Pokemon were really cool. They changed up the battle style to where um, if a Pokemon is really fast, it's going to get more turns than another Pokemon that's really slow. And then on top of that, there's kind of a new strategy element that's been done before, but any change in Pokemon is good news. Um, and so there's Agile, <laughs> yeah. Agile style where you can uh, use a move and it's going to have less power, but you can use it more often. And then there's like Power style, which is like if a Pokemon's really low, you want to just finish the battle there. It's going to do more damage, but it's going to like sh- use up some of your future turns or whatever. And so I thought that was a nice change to the battles. Uh, I'm feeling like I'm trying to see if I missed anything. Um, I know, right? Because you don't want to feel like you are because there was, uh, you know, about 12 minutes worth of great content out of this part of the presentation. I was like I said, I was just really glad all this came out and it looked like it was going to happen. There's one big center town that I'm forgetting the name of. And that's kind of where you go to get your missions and go explore the region. And then you're pretty much in the world of Pokemon Snap. The Pokemon are just doing their own thing. You're trying to create the very first Pokédex. God, it just seems really cool. You're watching Pokemon in their natural environment. The Pokemon can literally knock you out. So you can black out from a Pokemon just saying, I saw you, bitch, get out of here. And I think that's cool. (laughs) God, and then... That's really funny that you say that because uh, that is also what my wife compared the trailer to this game to was Pokemon Snap. And I... When I saw this uh, trailer on my own, I did not think that. But once she said that, I was like, holy shit, you are 100 percent right with that. Mm hmm. That's really what it is, right? Is like what makes this game so special is like seeing Pokemon in their natural habitat rather than like, you know, oh, a random encounter happens. Oh, no, I'm battling a Weedle now. Not only that, but the uh, the art style of the environment and the Pokemon look relatively similar to Pokemon Snap, I thought. Yeah, that's fair. I just love the watercolor-esque design of it. So it, it got compared to Breath of the Wild and there were some like very, like I want to say over like a thousand up K votes of like, here's Breath of the Wild, first game on the Switch, you know, looking super gorgeous like Breath of the Wild does. And they showed this game and they're like, look how crappy it looks. I'm sitting here like, they have so many sprites and things to model animations and they have so many interactions to go with, which is not saying that Breath of the Wild didn't, but we haven't gotten the game yet. It's not been released. And I think this art style is really neat. I really like like the watercolor design and I'm really hoping that they do like that Pokemon Snap. Like there's a lot of interactions like Gravelers maybe running into each other, like things like that. I want this to feel like a living, breathing world that I'm exploring. And if they're going to do that, uh, this could be, this could be a strong contender for Nintendo's, uh, potential game of the year. That's yeah, honestly, it could be, um, a couple other things just super hyped up about that Zach didn't touch on. Um, it's small, but I always love seeing how the villages looked in this game 
We only got a glimpse of our main um, protagonist kind of walking into a village for the first time, but the village looked good. It looked colorful. The NPCs looked good. The Japanese like S5, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Um, you didn't talk about my favorite glow up, which is their version of Basculin. Basculegion? Did you? Which is like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's so badass looking, actually. Do you, did you hear how Basculegion is how it evolves? No, it's super fucking dark. <laughs> I, I love the Pokédex entries that do this, like, you know, like the Drift Bloom that carries away dead children or something like you're just like, holy shit, this is a Pokémon game. And so what's the one for Basculegion? So Basculegion is made from the like, I think if they said 30 dead Bascu Basculin, like swimming upstream, they like fuse together and they make this Basculegion. Uh, Jesus, so it's super dark, but that's why it's like super powerful. Um, yeah, I'm sad now, right? I'm just sitting here <laughs> like, oh, that's cool. But also, oh, what about this Hisui and uh, Growlithe? What's this dope? What's up with this dope? The Internet has been loving it. Yeah, it's super cute. Growlithe is like a fan favorite Pokemon. Mitchell's like favorite Pokemon is Growlithe. And so he was kind of upset about it because you don't touch what's not broken in people's eyes. But for the people that, you know, thought Grav could use a little bit of a glow up, he looks just like those like those gold statues where they're like defending like a priest temple. What are they called? I know what you're talking about. I just don't remember what they're called. I don't know what they're called either. OK, so after all of that exciting news, I feel really, really good about Pokemon Legends Arceus. And finally, they wrapped it up with a release date. All right. Now, we already knew Brilliant and Diamond, Shining Pearl, um, coming out November 19th, 2021. And now they're declaring January 28th, 2022 for Pokemon Legends Arceus. So... How do you guys feel about that release date? Do you feel a lot more confident now? Do you think we're going to hit that? How are you feeling? I think we're going to hit that. I mean, like if they weren't going to delay it here, it's not getting delayed. So it could come out a buggy mess, but considering all the upgrades that we've seen, I would say that there's a good chance this is going to be a really good game. What about you, Zar? I'm I'm 100% on that boat with Zach. It, it really sounds like they are on the home stretch to releasing this game and if they were going to delay it that was when they were going to do it well all right i'm feeling really good about pokemon's Ar legends arceus now boys the and this whole pokemon presents was phenomenal i mean you know we got all that amazing news about legends arceus but also it just like kind of reestablished my excitement for the gen 4 remakes too um, and then obviously there's still a huge group of people who are super excited about Pokemon Unite. So getting that news for that was great. And Pokemon Cafe, obviously not nearly as popular as anything else going on. But I mean, let's be honest, anything Pokemon people are going to play. So there are dozens of us. Dozens. Oh, yeah. So good for them. That's a free game and it's a good update. I think that's oh, it. No, I think we on, covered everything. Hold on. What I do. Pokemon, if you're listening, please, please, please give Centaquil a Mega Evolution. <laughs> please. Dude, Mega Evolution Typhlosion would be legit. I was envisioning a Cyndaquil me Mega Evolution, like Zach said. 
Oh, just the Cyndaquil? Well, no, JP, yeah. that's what I inferred, but uh, I, I'm down with that too, <laughs> honestly. Cyndaquil is like, like, I love Charizard. Charizard's up there, but Cyndaquil is the one that I spent the most time with, and I I just cherish. It just sucks that he sucks, you know? <laughs> okay, hold on. Hot take about Pokemon. If Mega Evolutions are reversible, then shouldn't any evolutionary line Pokemon be able to do it? No. Why well, stand alone then? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? Sorry, I think I misinterpreted that. I thought you meant I like- I think he's saying that like, you know, so like Cyndaquil should be able to Mega Evolve and Quill Lava should be able to Mega Evolve too. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I, I disagree with that. Yeah, basically. I, I disagree with that. I think it's a bad take and I hate you. Well, then I stand alone. <laughs> I walk a lonely road. The only road that- Takes us to quick takes. To <laughs> quick takes. <laughs> Yes, it is time for quick takes. Who wants to take it? I didn't get an article. Should I take them? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, why not? You had the YouTube video, but then you hand it to me like the bitch you are. Correct. Ha. <laughs> I sure did. All right. So this is uh this quick takes coming to us from Forbes.com. Paul Tassie. Thank you, Paul. Entitled Cyberpunk's 2077 patch 1.3 and free DLC reveal does not go great. So coming straight from the article here, CD Projekt Red is at last revealing changes coming in patch 1.3. And with that patch, some of the first free DLCs are coming to the game. There was just a 45 minute stream that wrapped up that revealed, frankly, a tiny amount of information for its length. And both I and the player base do not seem to be impressed with what was shown off. So essentially, Cyberpunk is in this weird position now where it had that launch that obviously was not fantastic. They've been trying to reinvigorate the passion in it with these patches. And now with the latest patch 1.3 and the free DLC, which by the way, I do think it's great that they're giving it away for free, but it's also necessary if you want to keep this game alive. Um, I don't know. Like even the people who are still super into this game just didn't feel like they got a lot out of the trailer. In my opinion, I don't think it was necessarily because they didn't have a lot to show, but because they were really stuck on trying to talk about the 1.3 patch where they're essentially backtracking on, hey, here's what was wrong. Here's what we're going to fix, which they needed to do. In my opinion, they should have separated it into like, OK, here's patch 1.3. Don't even put it out in like a trailer. Just do it because I mean, nobody ever makes a video about a patch. That's weird and then do a video just talking about the DLC is what they should have done, but they didn't do that. And here we are. Questions, concerns. I got this game for $10, so I love it. <laughs> but shit, it was $10. All right. Next hot take is coming to us from GameSpot.com from Alex Newhouse. Splitgate full release delayed indefinitely. Beta has been downloaded 10 million times. That is absolutely bananas. <laughs> Essentially, Splitgate is um, kind of a newer game that's recently hit the scene. It's been described as a mix between Portal and Halo, which, what the fuck, that's incredible. What? But that's not the impressive piece of information here. Splitgate has already had its beta, not even its full game, its beta downloaded 10 million times. That is insane numbers for a fully released game, let alone a beta. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I think uh, Peaches brought this up a few weeks ago, and those are some impressive numbers. That is, that is crazy. 
Yeah, I love it when Peaches says something and we're kind of like, yeah, whatever, bud. And then it's like, oh my god, Peaches was right. Don't tell him I said that. Yeah, and then it kind of becomes a huge deal. Well, I guess a quick take deal. <laughs> I mean, Peaches throws a lot of stuff to the wall, but when he's right, he's fucking right. When he's right, he's right. When he's right, he's right. He's a star citizen, if you will. Aha. Oh, I'm glad you said that, Zach. Because our next hot take is coming from techingaming.com. Um, don't see an author for this guy. I'm going to call him Frank. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> All right. Star Citizen, a $400 million gaming project with no release date in sight. So this is a game that has crowdfunded $443 million, which is already fucking bananas, but has no release in sight. Um, crowdfunding can be a little tricky because a lot of times it's just a scam where people like to take the money and then end up running. It's not like that with this game, right? It's not like that with Star Citizen. They have a little bit to show for basically the money that they've gotten so far, but not enough to justify $443 million given to it just from crowdfunding. That is insane. So really... People are super excited about this game, but it doesn't look like they, there's any type of release date in sight. People have no idea what's happening. And frankly, these guys aren't being very transparent about the news. So, I mean, you how think would they're you... just going to cut and run because they kind of like made triple whatever they could hope to profit just right there. I mean, I would hope not because that's really scummy. Here's the thing. When people like to just take the money and run with these crowdfunding things, they don't usually have any work done whatsoever. They just have a fancy idea. People give them money and then they split. Right. And that money is never seen again. These people have a little bit of work to show. By the way, 10 years of development. This has been in development for 10 years and people are still consistently like giving it money and sticking around with it. But they just don't have a lot to show for that work. You know, and I feel bad for people that in invested a lot of money into this game, hoping to see something great. And instead, they're getting like, I, I don't even know what to call this. Just disappointment, I suppose. Kind of seems like one of those shady nonprofit organizations. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Hint, hint, wink, wink. And that's pretty much it for that take. Just keep your eyes on Star Citizen. Let's make them release a fucking game for $443 million. A lot of people would be blessed to have that much money as an indie developer, but whatever. Hey, um, I also would like a million dollars. Someone? Anyone? Anybody, please. I will settle for a trip to Taco Bell. <laughs> I gotta pay for my school, babies. Come on, come on, somebody. <laughs> All right, uh, next hot take. Videogameschronicle.com from Andy Robinson. Netherrealm prioritizing Mortal Kombat 12 over Injustice 3 due to Warner Brothers uncertainty, it's claimed. So WB Game Studios have been tipped as for sale during the past year. This is probably not surprising to anybody, but Mortal Kombat 12 is it sells much better than Injustice 3 does. The Mortal Kombat series in general sells much better than the Injustice series does. Injustice is cool, but it's just not the moneymaker that Mortal Kombat is. It's an established franchise. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not that Injustice isn't great. In fact, Czar, as a big DC fan, you're probably a little disappointed to hear about this. Ish. I mean, Injustice is cool, but 
How many times can you beat up Superman as Batman over and over and over? I mean, sure, he can have a zebra costume or his costume from the 50s, but it's still the same. Mm -hmm. Mortal Kombat just has more freedom with, you know, the maturity that it has established from the decapitations or like the finishing moves to even friendship victories. Right. And that's kind of the point here is Mortal Kombat is established. It has a huge fan base. And frankly, they're usually really well made, despite the fact that there's been 12 iterations of the game. Not necessarily groundbreaking every time, but a decently well made product. Surprisingly enough, with these fighting games, though, their story is a huge component of it. And Mortal Kombat has a fire story. If Injustice can come up with a badass new story involving most of the Justice League and their assorted villains, then yeah, I, I would check it out. But until then, it's it's clear why the focus is on the Mortal Kombat universe. Our final quick take is coming to us from xputer.com, written by one Mr. Huzaifa Khan. Sorry if I butchered your name, my man. Uh, Techland is developing a new AAA open world RPG game. So, essentially, if you don't know, Techland is that company that is currently working on our next uh, Dying Light game. And they're already looking to the future. They are looking for... Well, you read it here. An open world RPG game. Who would have thought we included a job opening <laughs> advertisement in our podcast? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 nothing like that. So open world has just been the natural progression of games. And it's hard to pinpoint when it started, right? Because obviously Breath of the Wild was not the game that created the open world concept. Not even close. But... It seemed like once Breath of the Wild did so extremely well, a lot more games that put emphasis on open world started to appear. Do you guys think that's a coincidence? And how do you feel about Dying Light making an open world RPG? Or the Dying Light Studio? I just, I like more video games, so I'm excited to see what they bring to the table. I'm sure we'll see a trailer and uh, then we can form our opinions then. I mean, all there really is to say is Techland has already done a phenomenal job with like a repertoire of doing things open world. Like Dying Light's technically open world. It just doesn't have RPG mechanics, really. And Dying Light 2, we've got like a lot of confidence in right now. So I think if they wanted to pull off a more sophisticated RPG, they'd be able to do it. It really is going to be exciting to see what they do. And with that, really, it's time to get in to upcoming game releases. So... Which one of you would like to take this? Me. All right, go for it. August 24th, Aliens Fireteam Elite is coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series Systems, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Hoa is coming to Switch and PC. I Expect You to Die too. The Spy and the Liar is coming to PlayStation VR, Rift, Quest, and Vive. King's Bounty 2 is coming to PlayStation 4. Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And then our last release on August 24th is Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts 2 on the PlayStation 5. Then, on August 25th, Marvel Future Revelation is coming to iOS and Android. I said Revelation, I meant Revolution. Whoops. Then our big game is, sorry, spoilers, uh, Psychonauts 2, which is coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, 
It's also coming to PS5 and Xbox Series, but you guys probably knew that. Um, then there's Proto Corgi coming to Switch and PC. Fucking Proto Corgi. Sounds adorable. Then Spelunky is coming to Switch. On August 27th, we have Baldo, the Guardian Owls, coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and iOS. Then we have Inked, A Tale of Love, coming to Xbox One and PC. And then No More Heroes 3 is coming to Nintendo Switch. Then August 31st, Kiwi is coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox X, and Series S. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, (gasps) Switch, PC... Then there's Rustler coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And then finally is the Big Con coming to Xbox Series Systems, Xbox One, and PC. Now for the hype up one upcoming game. Czar, how do you feel about Psychonauts 2? Oh, I am so excited. I have been waiting for a sequel for over 10 years now. Seeing what happened after Raz left the summer camp, joined the Psychonauts, became a secret agent of the mental world. You know, you go in through people's minds, through tiny doors. There's some bacon that summons an old man out of your ear and (laughs) lots of blowing shit up. It's going to be a great game. And it is a very beautiful art style, kind of similar and a hat tip to Van Gogh. Or no, it was Picasso. Yeah, Picasso did the weird. Yeah, face Picasso had the weird shapes. like shapes and facial yeah. structure. Yeah, so it kind of looks like a giant Picasso painting. Well, yeah, that sounds like a Czar game for sure. Hundred and twenty percent. All right, so that's gonna do it for this episode. Um, the segment on Saturday is gonna be fun. We are doing a let's talk over who the three of us want to be for the final Smash character. All Zach's idea, obviously. It is going to be a lot of fun. Do not miss that episode. And in the meantime, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea. Bye. Later. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.